Welcome to TikTok Radio. I'm your host, Victoria Jameson. I'm a verified TikTok creator and professional makeup artist based in Dallas, Texas. After gaining over 800,000 TikTok followers in just six months, I became obsessed with helping aspiring creators and entrepreneurs unlock their full potential on the fastest growing app in the world. If you're looking to find your niche, increase your income, and build your influence with short form video content, then you are in the right place. My goal for this podcast is to inspire and empower you with actionable tips and insight from top TikTok creators so that you can master the For You page and build your brand on TikTok and beyond. There's no better time to start than right now. Let's dive into this week's episode of TikTok Radio. What is up, TikTok Radio? Welcome back to our weekly episodes. I don't know what that was, um, but I'm so excited to be here. And before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to thank our producer level. I can't even talk. Our producer level patrons who help produce this show with their contributions on Patreon. I'm I'm just I'm singing too much today. This is a new look for me. Um, thank you to our producer level patrons. We have at Matt on TikTok. He is a comedy creator. He also happens to be my husband, um, and he makes amazing comedy skits and short-form comedy videos, so make sure you guys go check him out. If you would like to be a producer-level patron and get your name in every single episode, make sure you go to patreon.com slash TikTok coach. And that's TikTok like the app, not the podcast, because apparently I chose a name that is hard to distinguish over audio. Okay, guys, welcome back. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this interview today. Like I said in our last episode, I got super behind on editing because I got overwhelmed with life and super burnt out, which is totally normal. I don't want to say normal, but okay. As a creator, I don't think it needs to be normal because that means people are being overworked and overstressed, but it does happen to the best of us. So I now I'm catching up and giving you guys so many awesome interviews that I have had in my back pocket for the last couple of months. So today we're going to be hearing from CJ. She is such a fun creator. I love her content so much and watching her grow on the app has just been amazing. I remember finding her content. I mean, when she had just started, she was one or two videos into kind of her series that blew up. So it's been really cool to watch her growth. One thing I did want to talk about before we dive in, I posted in our TikTok community group, which is facebook.com slash TikTok coaching. It is my kind of group where we can talk about, uh, you know, algorithm and videos that are working for us and get feedback from each other. So make sure you guys are in there. But I posted in there, who you guys wanted to hear on the podcast, if you wanted to hear from big creators or more kind of middle of the road creators that are still growing. And I was kind of surprised by a lot of the comments because I I saw a lot of people saying like, I don't want to hear from big creators because it's just not attainable. I can't relate to it. So one thing I wanted to talk about is pretty much every creator I have had on the show has started from zero. I have not really had anyone I can think of right off the top of my head that was already a full-time content creator before they joined TikTok and built their audience. So while I totally get the feeling that looking at these huge, huge creators is just really unrelatable, I want to assure you guys that these people are literally you. 
These people are you. These are normal people that went from having no career in social media to suddenly being a full-time content creator. And that's entirely possible for you too. It takes one video. It just takes one video to pop off and your life can change in a few weeks and a few months. For us, it took us almost five years since I started social media, but my husband's been producing content since 2013. So this is not an overnight journey for everyone. It definitely takes time. For some people, it is. So just because we're hearing from large creators on here, I don't want you to feel like what they did that you can't do. I think that's where my brain was. And then when I was reading people's comments that were like, oh, big creators are so hard to relate to, I was like, wait, really? Because these people literally did the thing. They did the thing that we all want to do. And that's why I wanted to have them on here is because I realized so many creators didn't really know why they grew so fast. And seeing these people blow up totally on accident coming from no background in content creation, that intrigued me. So that's one of the reasons I looked to these bigger accounts that have grown very quickly uh, because I want you to be able to harness the things that they did that they didn't even realize they were doing. And it's so interesting to go back and look at those steps people take and don't even realize that they're doing the right thing so that it's the perfect storm. So I will be incorporating more kind of smaller to mid-level creators that are making an income from social media. But I also wanted to encourage you guys that just because you're hearing from a creator with a couple million followers doesn't mean that they're any different than you. Um, I just did an interview yesterday with one of my good friends that you guys are going to get to hear from. And it's interesting because when I first met her, she was not a full-time content creator. She was, you know, bouncing between different cities trying to kind of stay afloat and now her life is so 360 no 360 is not right because then you'd be back at the beginning it's just a 180 from when I first met her so I want to encourage you guys that it's not about numbers necessarily like yes it's interesting to look at these big followers and see how they've been able to do it but you can monetize from smaller numbers too. I think a lot of people see big creators and think that big creators means big money. And actually one thing I've realized from doing these interviews is that's not necessarily the case because a lot of times people don't even know how to monetize when they get to that point because it happens so fast. Um, So that was just a little rant to kind of explain where I'm coming from when I pick these uh, creators to interview because I look for growth. I look for people that come from you know, not having a background in social media to all of a sudden being content creators, because I think that's possible for you if you're listening to this, which obviously you're interested in growing. If you're still listening to this and you've been tuning in for these last six, seven months of the podcast, has it been seven months? Wow. I think I started this in March. I think we launched in March or February. Dang. This podcast has been around for almost a year, y'all. Thanks for sticking with me. Um, If you have any creators that you want to see on the podcast, please send me a DM, send me an email, um, comment on my TikTok, and I will reach out to them. Or if you know anyone personally you want to refer, I'm always down for a personal intro. So I'm excited. Um, I think that you're going to find this interview very inspiring because actually CJ now has over a million followers and she was not at this point yet at the time I interviewed her. So there's another little tidbit. Look how much she's grown just since this interview. It's absolutely insane. Um, I think that's one thing that's going to be cool coming up in a couple episodes is there's people that I've 
interviewed and now their content is just absolutely blown up and is you know viral and off the charts and they started with a little bit slower growth so i'm excited let me know what you guys think of this interview by taking a screenshot of this episode putting it on your instagram story and then tag me at victoria jameson and let me know what you thought of the episode and then i'll repost it to my story to say a thank you i did have one piece I do have a quick piece of social media news I would like to address really quick before we get into it. Um, If you guys haven't seen, you know, the whole TikTok ban thing did end up getting blocked for now. It'll be interesting to see how things play out later. But for now, it looks like we're safe. But we cannot say the same for Instagram and WhatsApp. So I saw on BuzzFeed News today in the tech section that the U.S. government says that Facebook needs to sell Instagram and WhatsApp. So uh, basically, there was a suit filed against the company on Wednesday. Honestly, I'm not surprised by this. Um, If you've kept up with kind of tech news at all, there was basically a hearing. I don't remember who was the one actually asking the questions, but Mark Zuckerberg was basically being asked, you know, what the practices were for Facebook acquiring companies. And I also saw that maybe there was a whistleblower. I don't even know if I should be saying this, you guys. I'm not a news podcast. This is just what I remember in my brain and could be totally wrong. But it was something along the lines of basically Facebook would copy technology from other companies and then basically present it to them and be like, so we're going to roll this out unless you want to sell your company to us. And then we'll have the technology. Something along those lines. Don't quote me on that. I'm not a business analyst, but I read something along those lines. But basically, Facebook has been accused of an illegal monopoly power and unlawful scheme to stifle competition, degrade personal privacy, and crush rivals, according to the antitrust lawsuit filed Wednesday by the Federal Trade Commission and attorney generals from 46 states and two territories. So basically, what they said in this is that Facebook has used its dominance and monopoly to power empowered to crush smaller rivals and snuff out competition at the expense of everyday users. By using its vast troves of data and money, Facebook has squashed and hindered what the company perceived as potential threats. So basically, this has been a long-awaited suit alleging uh, that the social network has abused its market dominance in order to kill competitors, uh, and it cites the 2012 acquisition of Instagram and the 2014 purchase of WhatsApp. Um, as alleged anti-competitive behavior. Basically, I think that Facebook killed Instagram. I think the fact that it's so centered on selling now and not so much about what users actually want to see, um, not to mention just kind of the overall toxic environment of Instagram, of, you know, perfection and feeling like you have to project this really perfect look of your life, which I know is on other social platforms, but it seems to be especially bad with Instagram. So basically, uh, the FTC suing Facebook. <laughs> I think suing. Is suing the right word? They're telling them they have to sell their business, which is kind of funny because that's what, you know, America just told TikTok, but now they're like, no, nah, we got bigger fish to fry. Maybe not bigger, but different. It's a different kind of fish. TikTok is salmon. and this is, this is some tilapia over here. So that's all we know for now. It'll be interesting to see what the fate of Instagram is, but how wild would that be, you guys? How much would America freak out if TikTok bought Instagram? Can you imagine? I don't think they will. I think it'll be some kind of big U.S. tech company. 
But maybe Instagram will be cool again and like actually show our content to people. That'd be nice. Okay, now it's time to dive into the interview. Thanks for listening to me ramble. Let me know if you guys want to hear more tech news. I just thought that was interesting because we talk about Instagram kind of being a rival for TikTok and we've seen how they literally just copy other platforms and implement those features into the app in order to compete, which I understand that you have to do to some extent, but don't you kind of want to be like different? Like people like Instagram for photos and you know the videos in feed like why do they have to put so many features in I just think it's way too many things now and now they have this threads app that's basically like as Facebook is to Facebook messenger they have threads which is to Instagram and it's like kind of like snapchat I don't know it hurts my brain you guys I'm getting too old for (laughs) these apps to be changing so much because it's way too much to keep up with but I think, I think Instagram's driving itself into the ground, and I do think it's because of Facebook. So let's get Instagram away from, from uh, Markety Mark Zucks, and we'll see where it goes from there. Let me know what you guys think is going to happen. Okay, now without further, further, further ado, here is our interview. All right, guys, welcome back. We are here today with a special guest. I have CJ, who you might have seen on your For You page for her transatlantic accent impressions, I guess. I don't know. What would you even call your niche, CJ? Honestly, I feel like, yeah, I mean, the transatlantic accent is the biggest part of it. It's mostly, I would say, an acting thing as well, because I'm an actor. But yeah, the accent, I guess, is the whole niche itself. <laughs> it's so fun. The second I saw these videos start popping up, I was like, okay, this girl has got to be on the podcast because <laughs> it's just so, I don't know, it combines so many things that like you know do well on TikTok, like interacting with fans, replying to comments, acting, and then yeah. it was like, boom. Yeah. I think one of the big things that really got it going was that people noticed that I was replying to comments and saying, you know, whatever the people wanted me to say. And I think got people interested because they were like, oh, I could actually, she could actually say something that I, you know, put as a comment. That would be cool to see that happen. So I think a lot of people saw that and really got interested because they were like, oh, she's like involved with us, you know? (laughs) Yes. And that just goes to show people just want the creators to interact with them. So, okay. I totally skipped letting you introduce yourself. So go (laughs) ahead and let our listeners know who you are, what you're about and how you got on TikTok. So I'm CJ. I am an actor, singer, songwriter. And honestly, the main reason why I got on TikTok, I started the end of January And the main reason I got on TikTok was just as a little creative outlet for myself. I honestly was expecting absolutely nothing. I just wanted to have fun, be a goofball, sing, do whatever. And I had no idea what little niche I wanted to fall into. I just was there to look and have fun myself. And then it just turned into what it is now somehow. But yeah, I only got on for just entertaining myself and hopefully entertaining a few other people at first. So this is pretty cool for me. (laughs) And that's kind of snowballed because I know when I first found your account, I believe we started talking like about three weeks ago, maybe for an Mm -hmm. interview, you were Mm -hmm. not at the following you are now. So, I mean, you're over 600,000 now, which I was like, whoa, that was fast. 
Um, cause yeah. I just hit 600,000. So I was like, Oh dang, like she's really <laughs> jumping up there. So how quickly has this following really grown? So when I first started, I got within the first couple of days, I had like a thousand or so. And I was like, that's cool. You know, that's really neat. Cause I think I put out the first two or three days that I started, I just banged out like 10 videos a day. I was just having so much fun. And I think that that sort of picked up a little bit of momentum in the beginning, but then I honestly couldn't tell you why I started getting a ton of followers over, you know, February and March. And then it kind of stalled out in April and May. And then I started doing the accent more. What really actually did it, because on the 15th, no, the 5th of June, I had just hit 500,000 followers. I think in like the two weeks before that, I gained 300,000 followers, like Dang. like two or 300,000 followers because the voice effect thing that, that I used from TikTok came out, it's the megaphone voice effect. And I heard someone do it and it sounded like an old radio or an old TV. And I was like, oh my God, because I had done my transatlantic accent back in March once or twice. And um, then I heard this voice effect and I was like, I have to use it. I have to use it. And so I made a video saying like this in my transatlantic accent saying, you know, this voice effect was clearly made for me, just like making a silly joke out of it. I saw that video. That's how I found (laughs) you. Yes. And it blew up. It blew up. And then from there is when all of it started. So I think the most growth that I've seen has been over the last month really has been the the huge jump from I was stuck at about a hundred and hundred and eighty thousand for a month, two months. And then that was that was in May and here we are and I've gotten six hundred and sixty that's so crazy now yeah it's interesting because I was wondering if that megaphone filter what's it called is it the megaphone yeah it's the megaphone and a lot of people are confused about it because they don't know how I get it (laughs) right I had wondered if that had kind of sparked off your success I think that was definitely part of it because and with the accent the joining of the accent and the the filter itself I think really kind of it made something different because there had been, I know the June and George, the 50s couple, that they're a big thing with Manon Matthews, I think I said her name right. They were doing their 50s voice for a little while there. And people really, really loved that. And I really, really loved that. But then when the megaphone thing came out, I was like, oh my God, it sounds like an old TV. I have to, this would be something that is nowhere on this app. Like, I've no seen one so many this. good videos using that feature too. I think that's yes. why TikTok showed me your video because I was already like super into the ones that were like the Britney Spears yeah. the part, you know what I'm talking about from Lucky yeah. where it's like yeah. the old woman <laughs> threw it over the bridge, <laughs> that part. And then yeah. someone doing the candy from the beginning of the Aaron Carter song of like, no, no, her name is Candy. Real cute. Gotta go. <laughs> Like those are like yeah. my favorite ones. And then yours came up and I was like, holy gold mine of yes. voice effects. It, definitely. I love, I mean, I know there's that one trend of people talking over the music with the megaphone effect, but I didn't see anyone doing what I ended up doing. And because it was such a new feature, I was like, I have to jump on this now before anyone else jumps on it and starts doing this. <laughs> so that's when I really started 
you know, playing with that. And I was able to start acting again, really, because that's my big thing. That's what I was, you know, that's what I went to college for is acting. And so I was like, wow, I can do what I wanted to do (laughs) by acting and, you know, doing this accent and stuff. And I think because it's such a specific thing and it's not, it wasn't widely done already. People just sort of gravitated to it, which is really, really exciting. And seeing all of the, the point of views that are using the audios, it's just insane. It's really, really cool. So for our listeners that don't know what a transatlantic accent is, I mean, I'm aware just because I also have a degree in fine art. So I'm, you know, been nice. there, done that. So yeah. um, <laughs> I never actually had to learn how to do one, but I mean, I've seen mm-hmm. it and I'm aware, obviously. But can you explain to people like what it is and where, why it yeah. exists? Yeah, for sure. So the transatlantic accent or the mid-Atlantic accent, they're called both, or it's called both, was actually cultivated, like created for like aristocrats, I almost said aristocrats, good word, aristocrats (laughs) and actors back in the day. And it was sort of created just to make them sound a little elevated. I don't know the full history of it, but I learned some about it when I was in school. And then I started reading up about it when I had to do a play in college called Psycho Beach Party. And they wanted me to sound like Joan Crawford. And so I started looking up Joan Crawford and then I started looking up the accent and it was a made up accent. No one actually spoke like this. It's, which is so funny to me. Yeah, right. They taught it to like news anchors and stuff too, right? Yeah. I think mostly like entertainment people or people who would be seen by like the public. And again, I don't know the full history of it. I just know little tidbits, but yeah, it was made for them. And then it just sort of phased out over the years, but you can still hear some of it in I know Carrie Fisher said that when she did Star Wars, that she was taught when she was an actor to speak like that. And that's why she sort of has that slight transatlantic accent in the movies because she was taught to speak like that in acting classes. But it just phased out. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So how have you... no longer here. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, since it's no longer here, I think that's why it's such like a unique, cool thing for especially younger folks to hear because you know teenagers now probably haven't watched a ton of old movies or heard that accent so it's kind of a new thing for them which I think is cool yeah and I feel like all the movies I mean I assume we're about the same age like we watched growing up were basically like the really old movies and then like the newer more animated stuff so I feel like I watched like seeing in the rain and all of these like old classics where that accent like definitely was integrated Yeah, for sure. And I remember just thinking it sounded so elegant. Like, it's different from, you know, an English accent where everything is very, you know, wide and rounded. This one is sort of, it's mixed with, you know, American dialect. So it's, but it sounds so elegant to me. I don't know. It's different from English, an English accent but even sometimes sounds more elegant to me. It's definitely unique. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And it's hard. I mean, it's a very hard accent to do. Yeah, I haven't. In and out of it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, "Mm, no, I can't even do a British accent very well. Okay. It's pretty bad. When I try to do British now, it's transatlantic, which (laughs) sucks because I love the British accent, but now I just come out sounding like I'm, you know, a 1920s actor. Well, hey, if it's working for you, then it's working for you. (laughs) Yeah. 
So were you an influencer, like a creator at all before you got on TikTok? Absolutely not. No, I did nothing. I had no social media before I got TikTok for a while. I got rid of Facebook back in 2017, got back on for a spell in 2018, and then just completely got rid of it. And then I got rid of Instagram last year. I was just done with social media. I was over all of it. And then I guess when I found, not found TikTok, because, you know, everyone talks about TikTok, but when I got on and started watching it, I was like, hey, there's like such a variety of stuff on here because I thought it was just, you know, little teenagers dancing around too. But then I saw all the variety and I was like, you know, I might have a place here. I might have a home somewhere in TikTok. Let me just play around. And yeah, so I can't remember where I was going with that, but. <laughs> no, that's good. How have like your friends and family kind of reacted? I know for some people it's weird seeing their friends all of a sudden have 600,000 followers. Yeah, my friends and family are really excited for me. My sister actually, it's so funny. She told me a couple weeks ago, I think it was, that a friend of a friend of hers had posted one of my videos on her Instagram story. And then my sister's friend was like, do you realize that she just posted your sister? And my sister was like, oh my God. I think she's kind of weirded out by it maybe because it's like her little sister and all of these people. And she's like, I don't, it's just weird, I guess. But she's still super supportive of it. But they think it's really cool. And even my boss and some of my coworkers know about it. And they just think it's, you know, silly and cool. But yeah, they're really supportive, which is really nice. Have you had any no. videos like blow up, blow up? Like what is it your highest views? <laughs> it's so funny. I have this one that is like my fifth or sixth video of all time. And this is the one I think that got me a lot of followers initially because I literally am just standing in my bedroom saying, hi, <laughs> I'm 32 years old. I live alone and this is my Friday night and I show my empty apartment. And I say me on TikTok and it blew up and I got, I don't know, there's probably a few million views on it now. I haven't looked at it in a while. It's literally the dumbest. I have no idea why that got so popular. But otherwise, I think my initial, this voice effect was made for me video has a ton of views. I can't think of, it's usually ones that I am not expecting to get a ton of views. Yes, it's I hear that all that the I, time. Literally over and over. It's so over weird. I hear. Yes, it's like completely unexpected like I'll do one and I'm like ugh, that was terrible but I'll post it anyway and it blows up so it's you know very strange so coming from someone that like hadn't really had a social media background and was not a content creator how did you get onto the app and then like decide what to post even because I think that's something that overwhelms people they're starting out and they don't know what to post absolutely that was exactly how I felt but when I first started again I didn't expect to get a following at all, much less this kind. So really I just posted whatever I felt like. I mean, initially I just posted random thoughts that I had, you know, silly things that I thought throughout the day. I did a lot of singing, acapella. And then at one point I started doing a little series that was the word of the day where I 
would say, you know, the word of the day is, and would say a word that is often mispronounced, like nuclear is often said nuclear. And I just made these silly videos about how you say it this way, not how you, you don't say it the other way. And I would get like, you know, faux frustrated. And people really seemed to like that too. So I stuck with that for a little while, but then I got tired of it. I just ended up doing what I wanted to do. And I didn't, I wasn't like, I need to find, you know, a niche and stay there or a pocket and sit in that. I just was like, let me do whatever I feel like I want to do. And if people like it, they like it. And if they don't, they don't. I'm doing this for me anyway. So really it was just about what I felt like doing and, and what I found funny and entertaining and, and that's people really, to like it. So. Yeah. That's the best approach because people, yeah. you know, are going to gravitate towards what's authentic and who they can relate yes. to. So, I mean, it's interesting talking to people coming from the side of being full-time content creators, trying to grow on TikTok. And it seems mm -hmm. to be more often than not people that are just getting onto the app to have fun that end up blowing up. Yep. It's almost like, it's very weird. It's like the more I try, the less people like it. It's so strange. Like the more effort I put in, it's like the fewer views I get. So it's almost like it has to be this organic sort of just be you type of thing. And people love it. I mean, I think some of the videos that I've gotten the most positive feedback on are the ones where I just do bloopers. Like I do all the bloopers of me trying to say something funny in the accent and it, I just laugh. And people love that because they like to see real people doing real things. And they love like genuine reactions to things. And I think that's why just sort of getting on and doing what you want to do and not you know, worrying, oh God, are, you know, are people going to want to watch this? Just do it, you know, throw it out there. People are going to love it. <laughs> people are going to love it. They always do. So, so now you always you find your people. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Say that again. <laughs> no, that's fine. I was just saying you always find your people. I have the issue with like constantly interrupting people on Zoom calls because <laughs> of the lag. And so then I think right. they're done talking and then I start talking and then they're not talking. I mean, it's like so awkward. And then I'm like, oh, I, you have to say that again. So I don't sound like a dick <laughs> when I edit it. I totally get it. I totally get it. Okay. So coming from an acting background, obviously things are different right now because of COVID and everything, but mm -hmm. do you, can you foresee this helping you get roles? Do you do film or do you do stage stuff? So I have, when I went to school, I wanted to be on Broadway. Like I wanted to be on stage, Same. you know, and then I also wanted to end up being in films, end up being on TV. So TV and film was the secondary when I first started, when I was a kid. Now that I'm in my thirties, I would really love to do film. I would love to do TV and film. Like those are the big things for me that I want to get into. And I think that because of the celebrities that are on TikTok and the people who work for celebrities on TikTok, I think that it's much more accessible nowadays for someone on TikTok to get a connection like that and be able to do something like that. I mean, look at Charlie, like she was dancing and now she is huge. So I think that there is that possibility. I'm one of those people that I, I don't like, to, I'm so weird. I don't like to say, oh, yeah, absolutely, because I don't want to look stupid if it doesn't happen. I don't know. It's some dumb thing that I have. But I would love it if it gave me some kind of exposure and it, it got me roles. I would absolutely love that. I mean, I would love to be on a TV show. Who wouldn't? I mean, I would love that. 
but I'm not going to say, yeah, oh, absolutely. It's definitely going to happen because that's cocky and I don't want to be that person. But I would absolutely love if it did, if it did lead to something for sure. Yeah. I mean, Charlie's been in TV and movies. I, didn't she just get cast in something, I think? I have no clue, but I wouldn't doubt it because it makes total sense. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Stardog and Turbo Cat. She was cast in oh, this. Wow. I don't know what this is. I've never heard of this. I'm on IMDb. Sounds like a kid's movie. Makes sense. Yeah, that is so cool for her, though. Like, that sort of thing, I I mean, it's so awesome. I just think it's really great. I think it's really great that people are getting exposure. People who never would have otherwise. I mean, she's a dancer. She would have, at some point, been seen by someone, but not by this many people. No, for sure not. I mean, I feel like coming from... So, I was a dance major in college. Oh, nice. So basically, you know, the goal was to be on Broadway. We had a lot of rockets mm-hmm. out of our school. But seeing wow. how the industry has changed, like, since I was in school and performing full-time, yeah. like, you really do land jobs from social media now. Like, it's crazy. Oh, absolutely. And I was talking it's- to someone who was a casting director in LA, and he said he can't tell me how many times when it comes down to two people for a role, they look up their social media. And they oh wow at their presence and see if they have a good presence and if it would be beneficial for the movie or for the job to have that person in the cast. That actually makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Because then you, you can actually see who that person is most of the time. Like if you, because a huge thing about getting roles has always been how kind you are, you know, like how yeah. you treat the people you're going to work with. And I think that you can tell when you go to some, somebody's social media profile, even if you don't look at their content, you know, as who they are, if you look at their comments, if they're not commenting, or if they are rude in the comments, or if they are condescending, and you're like, I don't really want to work with that person, you know? Yeah. But if you see that their presence is a positive presence, that they interact with people, that will grab people more than the talent will. You know, I've always been told how you treat people can get you roles better than how talented you are. I mean, obviously talent comes in there, but if you treat people well, then you're going to continue to get roles and continue to get roles. And so they can see who you actually are on your social media profile. And that will probably determine whether or not they actually want to work with you, whether you're talented or not. And TikTok is all video based and that's like the most powerful way to connect with people and to show people who you are. And since, you know, TikTok is pretty personality based, I would say, I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously there's some brands that are doing okay, that are more salesy or more, you know, focused on a product, but most of the big, big creators are all personality based. Absolutely. Like the first one that popped in my head, Tabitha Brown. That woman is, she is a cloud personified. Like she's absolutely wonderful and she cooks. Yeah, that's, the cooking is a huge part of it, but her personality is what makes her amazing, you know? Now that you've kind of had some viral videos, do you feel the pressure to keep creating viral content? I do feel some pressure for sure with having so many followers and genuinely still kind of being that floundery, like I'm just doing what I want to do type of thing. Like I still, I do have a niche, but I also, that's not the only thing I want to do, you know, but I, there are times where I sit and think, okay, what do other people want to see? And then I have to sit back and say, no, 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 no. What do you want to do? I have to constantly bring it back to what I want to do because if I'm doing something I don't want to do, it's going to show and people aren't really going to like it. 
So I have to still bring it back to myself and say, this is still for you. You know, yes, you're entertaining all of these people, but you have to make sure that it's something that you enjoy too. And so I do feel that pressure, but then I sort of take it down and realize like, these are regular, normal people just like me. And if I do something that I find entertaining, there's bound to be at least one other person who also finds it entertaining. So that takes away some of the pressure is that, you know, people are going to like entertaining things, you know. So it is hard sometimes to, because I feel like if I don't entertain these people, they're just going to unfollow me. But at the same time, the pressure goes away when I think, like, it's okay if they unfollow me because I'm still entertained by it. I don't know if that sounds like no, that totally makes sense. Selfish, but <laughs> it's just no, like, if I, I don't agree. like it, no, other people are not going to like it, you know? So I have to make sure that I like it first and I don't worry about it like going viral. All I worry about is, you know, am I going to be proud of it when I put it out there? And are people going to get enjoyment out of it? And if I say yes to two of those things, to those two things, I'm going to be proud of it and people are going to enjoy it, then I'm good. You know, I'm not worried about viral fame so much as I am about making sure that my space is a space where people can go to have fun and smile or, you know, feel something, I guess. <laughs> that is like totally the mindset that I teach with like my clients and just talking to people. Um, it has to be something you enjoy creating. And if you're proud of it, when you put mm -hmm. it up, then you're not going to be, you know, all embarrassed and sad when it doesn't right. do as well as you thought it would. Like I know a lot of creators will take videos down that don't perform well, <clears throat> Yeah, which, you know, isn't a bad thing, but when you're super proud of something you created, you don't want to take it down because you like the video, no matter how many people see it. Cause you're at the hands of the algorithm. Yeah. Right. Well, I have, I've had a few videos that I have decided to take down for one reason or the other. I mean, again, I'm a normal person. I have anxieties. I have, you know, I have things where I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's good. Let me just take that down. I get a little embarrassed sometimes about certain things. And I, I recognize that I shouldn't be doing that because I've created it and I, should be proud of it, but there, I'm, of course, there are times I'm human. Oh, yeah. I just get anxious. And I'm like, you know, someone says something a little negative, and I just have that momentary, oh God, they hate it. I got to take it down, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. But I'm getting better about that, I think. <laughs> so, coming from like basically no social media presence to having 600,000 followers comes along with hate. Like, we know TikTok mm -hmm. can be kind of brutal. So, what yeah. has been your experience in like coping with kind of the hate and bullying we see on the app? I, okay, <laughs> I was actually just thinking about this earlier. I'm one of those people who I really, really want to be the turn the other cheek type of person. I really want to be the person who looks at it and says, that's just their opinion. I'm going to pass by it, whatever, whatever. But there have been a few times where someone has said something that rubs me in a certain way and I have to point out their rudeness. I don't know. The way that I deal with it sometimes is I'll look at it, I'll read it, I'll think about it in that person's perspective. I'll think about it like, okay, why would they say that? What is the purpose of them saying that? Is it just to bother me? Is it to hurt my feelings? Is it, to, is it an actual critique? Which usually it's not. But sometimes I feel like I have to put them on blast a little bit. Someone told me 
very recently to make new content because she was bored with my content basically. And I had to point it out because my content has allowed other people or inspired other people to create their own content out of the audios and they create these amazing point of views and they get all you know dressed up and they get their costumes on and stuff. And that is so cool to me that like my voice made them want to do that thing, you know? And so, I mean, thousands of people have used my audios. Why would I stop doing that when it's inspiring other people? So I pointed that one out to be like, no, I'm not going to stop making this content because other people are really inspired by this content. And that's what I'm here for is to be entertaining and to inspire people. So sometimes I just deal with it on my own. Sometimes I just point it out because I want everyone to know, like, this is why I'm doing it. This is why I have the same content over and over again, you know? And I feel like dancers don't have to explain why they're just dancing in all of their videos. I feel like singers don't have to explain why they're just singing in all the videos. So actors shouldn't have to explain why they're just acting in all of their videos. So sometimes I point it out, sometimes I just deal with it. But, you know, everybody's going to have those moments where they get a little bit of hate and they get defensive and they get, you know, mean back. I have to sort of rein it in and realize this person is just a person, you know, they have an opinion, they're going to have an opinion and that's them, that's on them. And how I feel about myself is the most important thing. So I don't have to feed into their hate. That's all we have time for today. Make sure you guys tune in next week for part two of our interview. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of TikTok Radio. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave us a review in the iTunes store and let us know what you liked about the episode. We'd love to hear from you. Catch you next week. Peace out, Girl Scout.